There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. The Square Ball Podcast. Levi Solicitors bring you the podcast and they will offer you 10% off your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. I'm Dan Moylan. Hello. With me is Michael Normanson. Hello. So is Moscow White. Daniel Chapman. Hello. If you want even more Square Ball, the full package, have a look at TSB Plus, our sub package that brings you every digital copy of the magazine since 2009, right up to the current issue. All these podcasts ad free, priority access to the match ball after a game, and loads more goodies, including discounts on our merchandise. It's all at the squareball.net forward slash plus. And straight into the news then at Ellen Road, top half finish has been confirmed as we were talking about. On the match ball, nice that. Very good, isn't it? Up to eighth at the minute at the time of recording, although results through the rest of the week will possibly see us uh, drop a little bit lower. But Europe is still on the cards. What is it for Europe for this Conference League thing? Is I was that... hoping you would tell me. Oh. <laughs> why, why are you asking me for, for facts? <laughs> you, know that's not my, you know that's not my strong suit. Our exquisitely researched podcast. I feel like the news is Leeds United brilliant. And it's like one of those uh, daft films where they do a mock-up newspaper and it would just say, Star Striker scores hat-trick. I feel like that's where we've got to with the Leeds Night News. And it's a very good thing that the headlines should just, you should turn over every newspaper in the shop and the back of them all should just say, Leeds United, win again. Am I right in thinking it's seventh for that? conference thing fucking hell I'll look it up you talk amongst yourselves <laughs> yeah I have a feeling it is and truthfully we're not we're probably even going to get eighth because uh, there's Arsenal and Everton have games that they can win and put go above us those chances but I mean we finished in the top half and that's good and it's I know the rivalry with Villa is a modern weird thing which seems to be based entirely on Twitter and people having to go at Jack Grealish and them having to go at us for diving and it's tiring, to be honest, but it's still nice to finish above them because the way they started the season, beating Liverpool and all that, and they were very cocky, weren't they? And then Grealish got injured and they basically turned to shit. So it's been quite nice to see that. And they've spent £250 million to get lower than Leeds. I mean, I know we spent a fair bit of money in the summer, but it feels like we spent our money very, very wisely, whereas they have kind of chucked in the bin all their first year signings almost, haven't they? I mean, some of them have done all right in the end, like Al Ghazi seems to be scoring goals and stuff from now, but it's not gone brilliantly for him. And when you take Grealish out of it, the whole thing just seems to fall apart. Whereas we've... To be fair, it it falls apart a lot when he's in there. Hey, hey. Yeah. I know we struggle when Calvin's out, but, you know, Cock looked pretty good there recently, so I'm sure we're moving on. We're going to be above next year. I'm relatively confident. I have an exciting update from UEFA. 
I've been on the phone to Lennart Johansson and Michelle Platini, and they tell me that seventh place will qualify for the Europa Conference League playoff round. So that's that's the big target. Sixth will get us into the Europa League group stage. Yeah, I mean, that's not happening. It might. I mean... Sick of your pessimism. Spurs, of and, Spurs and West Ham have the same points. There's a 12-goal goal difference difference. But neither of them is beyond us. If they lose their two next games and we win our one, then we're off to Mallorca. <laughs> Regardless of who we actually draw. <laughs> That'd be all right. That'd be nice. Wouldn't We're it? on the beach with Robin Cock. <laughs> Speaking of which, yeah, Click and Cock have been given a bit of um, early leave. They may well have their, uh, if we're going to adopt the German stereotype, have their towels on the sunbeds of Mallorca already. Uh, Robin Cock and family. Click, don't know what the polls are like with their towels. Probably great. Great bunch of lads. I'm glad, particularly for Click. I'm just glad he deserves this. He's looked a bit of a broken man all season, hasn't he? And- well, he's looked, he's looked slightly broken since promotion, and I think the amount of booze he drank in that week may have caused him some long-term organ issues. But um, he started the season brilliantly, didn't he? And then he, and then he has faded, and he had COVID, and he looks, he's looked tired. So it's a nice thing to just let him have a bit of time off. I'm sure it's, he's probably been sent home with a fitness plan and still has to clock in on his bloody exercise bike and show yeah. that he's, he's cycled 40 miles every day. Or something. You are allowed three slivers of sausage today and three tomorrow, and that is it. I think I heard correctly that on the officious podcast, Pat Bamford was saying that the players who go on international duty from Leeds go away with instructions from Bielsa, so not just fitness-wise, but tactically as well. So I don't know if he's trying to counteract the impact that Gareth Southgate has on Calvin Phillips, but it's all like, oh, you're playing in a different way while you're away, so you need to try and do these sort of things to, to keep your levels up. So yeah, the idea that um, Clickencock will not be working probably harder than half the Premier League at this point isn't real. Yeah, the dates, it's good that they're getting this break now because the dates, you know, the Euros start within a couple of weeks of the season finishing. And then if it is a Germany-Poland final, then it's only a month from then until the next Premier League season starts. So you're not really having a break because that month is pre-season. So the, yeah, the Euros are a bit of a, a mixed bag because of the whole compressed season thing where it's great that all our players are going to be there, but you really hope for their sakes to get knocked out in the first round and, and and can just go and put the feet up and watch it. With reference to the Euros, we should probably say, shouldn't we, that we are doing the week after the season finishes. So this time next week, we'll be speaking to you. Then we're going to have a week off because we haven't had a week off in ages, have we? We work so hard. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's true though. We haven't, we haven't actually missed a week in ever. I don't think you, I mean, you... You obviously had to... Had Disappeared to, for five years. You obviously, well, yeah, there was that. You obviously had to pretend your son was ill that time to get a couple of weeks off, but um, we weren't buying it for a second. I was still doing podcasts from beside my ailing son in his hospital bed, so uh, you ungrateful twat. <laughs> All right, you did you did edit them, but yeah. It's, um, it feels like football never ends, doesn't it? I think the, the fact that it seemed to roll from one season into another, into the Euros, into another season... Oh. I mean, click. He doesn't know. He doesn't know how lucky he is. But does he? He doesn't. He doesn't, that, he doesn't uh, do five podcasts a week, does he? We need that click brandy and cigar moment that we've never had. Did you see that um, Norwich player who was being interviewed by the Daily Mail in an airport because he was going on holiday with his family, <laughs> and he was, and they didn't know who he was. He was just I can't remember his name, but it's like Nigel from Norwich with with family, and he was saying, "Yeah, I've, you know, it's a long time since I've had a break, and we've been." saving up to go on this holiday because 
holiday prices have been very expensive and it's been difficult to book during the pandemic. So we're looking forward to getting away. And it was just, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of people are reacting to that on social media. It's like, doesn't he earn like £20,000 a week or something? <laughs> Um, he's been putting a little bit of it away in his biscuit tin every single week. A little holiday all. fund. Yeah, you, you don't know what this holiday is going to be like. Got another another tin for when the Avon ladies coming round for, uh, and then the milkman's money is next to that on the shelf. It was quite, you know, charming in its way. He's going big game shooting. That's what he's doing. That's expensive. <laughs> Slaughtering elephants. Exactly. I'm going to start an unsubstantiated rumor about Norwich players. They're all bang into it. Uh, yeah, so we will be taking a week off for the first week of June, just having a little break, but then we will come back and we're flipping over to the Euro Ball, which will be the same old shit under a slightly different badge, I think, won't it? Yeah, more or less. And we'll do we'll do a match ball for the England games. Won't yeah, we? probably. We'll we'll be in a few yeah, times a week. Really chat- works it out. Yeah, chatting about football. We'll we'll still be here um, um across the summer. But before we get round to that, West Brom and the ballot. Did you get tickets in the first ballot? No. Second ballot? No. Oh well. I hope the people that go enjoy it. Bastards. No. <laughs> It's one of those things, and it, there's no way that the club could do it in a way that would please everyone, and it hasn't pleased me, but that's no. fine. It seems fine. I mean, it's a funny game anyway. The West Brom at home, you get to see Sam Allardyce's absolute shitbags rolling around Elland Road. I do understand the, you know, the pull of, you know, you get to see Berardi and Hernandez in the flesh or something, but I was thinking about it and felt like my first game I feel very, very lucky because I watched Gordon Strachan winning the first division championship trophy. And that was fantastic. That was a, you know, a match to be at, a final game of the season to really cherish and enjoy. And that memory will stay with me forever. Fucking West Brom with 8,000 people at the last game of the season. I'm just a bit, I think I'll be, I'll be comfortable in my memories having just let this one go. And then people who are going, I think that's the thing. People will be there who will get loads more enjoyment and excitement out of it who don't have that memory of seeing Gordon Strachan lift the trophy or for other people like if I'd been I'd, I wasn't there but the, if you were at the San Siro to watch Don Matteo score that goal you kind of you could, you could skip this one it's not a massive deal it just feels like a massive deal because it's the only one that you can go to and if it wasn't there it, it wouldn't matter would it? it's like all, everything isn't it in the world scarcity makes it seem more appealing and I've seen Leeds play West Brom more times than I, I care to remember to be honest I can remember Pablo scoring that early goal and that game was good other than that they're not generally brilliant are they it's a very championshipy game to finish off the Premier League with it, the only thing I'm missing out on is it would be nice to be able to say to Pablo and Berardi and Alioski and whoever, whoever else is leaving thank you and also I guess to finally show some proper appreciation to the players for what they've done in the last 14 months or whatever it has been but There'll be chances to do most of that again, won't there? And do it with a proper crowd and a proper atmosphere. It did tug on the heartstrings a little bit when we spoke to Angus Kinnear on the Phil Hay show and he said that the, the players feel like they were cheated out of their promotion moment. And it's so true. That kind of got me a little bit. I thought, yeah, they really have. We were, but they were too because it's that communal moment, isn't it? Well, they better just win the league. Well, that's happening next season, yeah. so that's fine. Win the but. Premier League and then it's all all sorted out. Everybody gets what they want that way. Yeah, I guess with um, with West Brom, it's a little bit like, say, if you've been in prison and you've eaten prison food every day for 15 months and then you get let out, that first portion of, of fish and chips is going to be absolutely beautiful. <laughs> if you can get it off of Sam Allardyce. Well, this is true. We have one place left in the Premier League for next season, and, and I'm sure we are the... Certainly, if not the um, the gatekeepers via the playoffs, we are the moral gatekeepers of this league who should be in it, who shouldn't be in it. Playoffs first leg, Bournemouth won, Brentford nil. It was a bit of a surprise to see Brentford choking in the playoffs, wasn't it? Yeah. And Pontus. 
poor old dear Pontus. What was he doing out on the right wing in the first place? And why is he losing it out there? And then there's a big Pontus-shaped gap at the back, isn't there, as they run forward and score. But still all to play for, 1-0. You know, he can he can salvage it or he can find some advertising hoardings to slump against. Just work out where, the, where he'll be in the best shot. I like Pontus. I'd, I do as well, really. Yeah, I'd, I'd like him to succeed at some point in his career for him, but just maybe not at Brentford, I don't know. But I think it might be funny now. Now we've we've seen the journey that it that it takes, the evolution that's involved in getting promoted to becoming a good Premier League side, and I'm fully aware that we've still got next season to navigate yet, that it might be quite funny watching them come up in their Lego stadium. Now, especially their transfer model's a little bit messed up, isn't it, because of Brexit. They can't recruit the cheap... European players anymore. They've got to kind of rethink what they're doing. It would be nice to see them come up and struggle. Although, do we want to reward them with £100 million? I feel like I'd rather Bournemouth came up because they'll be coming up with Woodgate as manager. What's good about that? That's the weirdest thing possible. Well, Why would you want very to... good. Yeah, I suppose so. But it's just, no, I can't, I can't handle Jonathan Woodgate being a Premier League manager. It's too strange. Like, <laughs> it's just Picture him on the sidelines in a suit, match of the day, no. Look, it's try, just trying to look serious. Yeah, it's just, it's not right. It's not right. My, my motivation it for could, who I want in this league is based purely on who can take up those bottom three places next year so we don't have to worry about it. The thing about Jonathan Woodgate is he still looks too much like he did when he was 20. So it's pro, it's like him just being transplanted. He needs to age considerably before I can tolerate him being a Premier League manager. It just doesn't work right. The only solution, I think, to any of this, because... Steve Cooper bringing Swansea and Matt Grimes into the Premier League, that can't happen either. Barnsley need to come up and sign Pontus Janssen. And that's, I think that's the, the way forward. I've not really, we mentioned this a while ago, that Barnsley's style of play is getting all the attention in the Championship and how you know exciting and innovative and you know the fitness levels and all this. I've never really seen it, so I watched um, Half Watch. I couldn't really get into it. The, it's um, awful, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, trying to watch another team and also when they play like this. But yeah, so it seems like Barnsley's style of play is to sort of move the ball forward and then it's a little bit different to kick and run from the old days because it's like they um, they sort of try to attack the person on the ball. It's, it's like high, schoolyard, isn't it? Rash, high rash, rash, rash. Where, well, where was Rash, Rash, Rash from? Was that a it Warnock? Was a, yeah, Warnock apparently wrote it on a, a, a team tactics board before a game. It's Brownie in big letters across it, and then rash, 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 and then uh, was that the penis formation as well, where the, the Leeds team had a, well, was shaped like a penis. A shaft. Um, yes, and a, a wide head and a... <laughs> Steve Morrison at the head of it, wasn't it? Yes, and a, a grey head, which, if that is um, if that is afflicting you, see a doctor. Getting off the point. They just sort <laughs> of throw themselves at the player, the opposition player with the ball, like three of them, like running jumps trying to hit them. And I just have this wonderful idea of elegant, uh, refined Premier League defenders like Harry Maguire suddenly having three little Barnsley Pittman just like jumping at them. And they'll all be sent off immediately. It'll be fantastic. So it won't work. It'll be a disaster. And one of the reasons it's worked is because they get so many substitutions under the rules in the championship that he, the manager changes the team halfway through the second half, he'll, he'll just bring on five players at once and then he'll just go charging upfield again. And you can't do that in the Premier League. So it will fail terribly. But I would, I really would like to see Alex Mowat and Apo Halme in the Premier League doing that. And you can take Pontus Janssen up there as well because that style of play will probably actually suit him. Play him on the right fucking wing. Make all his dreams come true. They're the only ones I can stand. I don't... I just... 
I don't have a problem with Ponders coming up with Brentford. I just don't really fancy Brentford being around. Bournemouth, I've explained. Um, and also while Lewis Cook is out injured, they need to come back when Lewis Cook is well and can play. Swansea, Steve Cooper, not having that. Barnsley, the only ones left who where you can uh, abide. Never mind those championship peasants, because we're rolling around in Premier League millions again next year. And we need to spend it on footballers, expensive ones at that, don't we? That's what we, we are here for. One in particular? It could be any number that fill that um, that midfield role. I can think of a few good, strong, solid candidates that have been in the news recently. But you tell me what you think. Are you all right? I mean, he sounds like he's not desperate to leave Udinese, doesn't he? Based on this. Well, I have to say credit to James Horncastle for writing about the square ball and the fact that uh, I slash we tweeted at Rodrigo de Paul and it elicited a response and for putting it to Rodrigo de Paul, uh, which is in the uh, it's the opening paragraph or two, isn't it, of his athletic article. Upsetting Udinese's press officer in the process as well. Wayne Wilson, come on, come on. You can't ask him a, about this. You can. Anyway, he's not coming, is he? I know that. I do accept it. But maybe, just maybe, there is that hope that when Angus Kinnear laughed it off when we spoke to him on the Phil Hay show that it was a double bluff. I mean, I wasn't here for that. So I I only listened to it later. There was a, a sense that he sort of slightly, was he slurring his words? Was I imagine it, it, it? Had he been, I well, don't know what time of day you spoke to him, but had he been, uh, the, hip, the pubs are open now, aren't they? The hip flask. He left his hip flask just outside the studio. I, did, I don't think he thought that we'd spotted it. But, right, okay. Yeah. I, did, I did wonder if he, if, he, if he really knew exactly what he was <laughs> saying at that point. He seemed to be, <laughs> I think it was all that fucking, I've been to 98 grounds with loot and fucking come on and have it. Um, <laughs> the thing with Rodrigo de Paul, though, is the rest of this article does make him sound like, one, the best footballer in the world, and two, absolutely perfect for everything that Leeds United need. I, I would like to hear the damn good reason why we don't want the fucking Roberto Baggio playing for us week in, week out, when they say you can. he's a, a creative playmaker who can play off the wing, he can play as an 8, he's equally effective as a 10, his passes from deep into the penalty area, the likes of which Syria haven't seen, um, he's incredible, the price is, I mean, if they're talking about 35, 40 million in the, the world that we're in, it's not outrageous, and we are saying Leeds are going to be going for quality, not quantity, to advance the squad over the summer, it's the area of the pitch where Matches clicks getting a little bit older. Stuart Dallas is quality, but he's filling in. It's not his first position. We were looking at Mickey Cuisance to play there last summer. So it's obviously a, a spot in the squad I that we're trying to fill. Don't want him anymore. Why are, you building, for, why are you building him up like this? But then for all of that, don't for then Leeds United to just be going not interested. I, d- I don't want him anymore. Be interested. I don't want him anymore. Do you know why? Don't know. Mateus Cunha. He's your world, isn't he now? Here's my new world. Yeah, brave new world. He's the guy, the Brazilian at Hertha Berlin, priced, they reckon, about $25 million, something like that. He uh, liked a tweet that said he was on the market, and we were one of several clubs named in that tweet, which I take as a come-and-get-me plea, as the uh, as the press would term it. He looks like he's got the skills. Brazilian, which means that him and Rodrigo and Rafinha will all be able to talk about Brazilian stuff. Waxing. Yep. He lo- I mean, he does look amazing from the, the clips, but then... There's the old YouTube caveat of everyone does. But he's he does lots of really hard kicking into the goal, doesn't he? So that's good from distance as well. The idea from the clips you've seen, the idea of him and Rafinha in the same team does look incredible. But equally, I won't pretend to have seen him play other than the sort of 10 minutes of YouTube I've watched. I'm watching him get engaged right now. On his uh, Instagram account, there's a video of him um, proposing 
to his uh, beloved on Christmas Day. What a romantic thing. I thought he meant he was live. So he's doing live from Malham Cove or somewhere. He's already already no, no, just no. in the in Yorkshire, just waiting. Mrs. Uh, it looks like Mrs. Cunha to be is a lawyer. So um, we'll have to be careful with the contract negotiations because he's got um, everything he needs. He has probably that, that sound, that sigh you can hear is Levi's solicitors going, oh, well, we're going to get nothing out of that, are we? We need to get a sponsorship deal with uh, Fazenda, you know, the uh, the Brazilian steak place down um, down Granary Wharf in the centre of Leeds. And we could we could act as go-between between them and our new Brazilian starlet. Hey, did you see the name that came up last year and it's come up again, the guy from Uruguay? He's at Cagliari at the minute. Now, I always see his first name as Nathan, it, but it's not. It's Nahitan, I think, Nandez. I'm sure it's not pronounced like that, by the way. I would like to stress that that's how I see it written. Nandez as in Nandos. Is that what you're saying? Is that how we're pronouncing his name? If you want to, I'll let you um, run with that one. I'd like yeah. to find out how it's properly said. He look- Show him the respect he deserves because at the moment it sounds like I'm laughing at him and I don't mean to. He looks dead good. But again, YouTube. Do you think that the people at Leeds United scout via YouTube like we do? I'm sure they just search for Welcome to Leeds United because that's what the, all these videos end up being called and just see who's there and go for that. Look at his swimming shorts. Is that um, I'm worse with uh, animal print than um, I am with uh, name pronunciation? Is that leopard or tiger? That's tiger, I think. Tiger print shorts. Is he a whole fan? Maybe that's his next destination. There's also Noah Lang, who's the guy we mentioned the other week. Uh, that was on Football Insider, uh, so we can safely write that one off. <laughs> yeah, I think they just they just put the same story out a week after, just because. Some people will click on it, won't they? And that's that's about the the extent of their aim. Just have some people look at a, look at some adverts for a bit. So B also looks good. So let's have all of them, including what? Rodrigo de Paul. It's about what sixty, seventy, maybe eighty million. Is that fine? Yeah, do another probably another hundred million there. To be honest, with with four of them. Noah Lang's the actor, isn't he? He's the guy with the next Netflix thing going on. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> do you say so? Yeah, he was in a some kind of Netflix production with a, a fella called uh, Frank Lammers. He's a Dutch actor and director. I think the uh, the program is called Ferry Boomin. I don't know what was happening in it, but it's uh, some kind of appearance by Noah. Pops up, does his uh, his thing. So if we're doing any more um, stuff with Amazon, any TV things, he can step in for that. Jordan Bataka appeared on Come Dine With Me that time, didn't he? That was probably our TV highlight of the year, I would imagine, that year. The decade. The boy Phil Hay still off from The Athletic, but the gap is being filled admirably some good stuff on there this week as well as um, Josh Warrington being on the Phil Hay show the podcast uh, in a couple of days time uh, we have articles to get your teeth into one of which is by James Horncastle who is speaking about Rodrigo de Paul and the square ball interface believe it or not we get mentioned how many times have you read it picking over every word trying to find a little shred of hope printed it laminated it framed it walled it Bless him, Rodrigo de Paul. In fact, we will be speaking to James on the Phil Hay show as well for a little bit about Rodrigo de Paul, just clinging on to that last thread of hope that Leeds might might just do it. Hey, one you'll like Moscow as well. Have you seen Richard Sutcliffe's um, chat with Howard Wilkinson? Yes, about how to um, be successful in a, a second season after promotion. Very much about not resting on your laurels. Sign Rod Wallace, get Tony DiRigo and... Um, See if Steve Hodges available was uh, part of his advice. But uh, yeah, if anybody knows what to do in the second season after coming up, it's Howard Wilkinson. I thought you were going to say Rod DePaul then, but you didn't. 
If you want to sign up for The Athletic, have a look at theathletic.com forward slash the square ball for details. One more game to go. It's West Brom. It's at Ellen Roads. It's on Sunday. It's at four o'clock. And then it's all over. They're shit. They're going down. We're brilliant. We're not. We win this, don't we? Handsomely. It depends how much we piss around with the team. I mean, he's already sending people on holiday. We're getting Calvin taken off for have a bit of a rest. Urente as well. We might just go into this with a like a cup side, uh, potentially. In which case, they might win. But equally, they might not. They might do the same because end of the season, isn't it? What's the point? Who else have they got? I suppose they've got Robert Snodgrass, who Samuel Dice has not got the best out of. It's not Sam's fault. He's done a great job. Yeah, bless big Sam. He took them over. They were, what, two points from safety when they were 19th? It was all in his hands there to keep them up. Has he done it? Look, he's done a great job. Everyone in the media agrees. All his mates agree. And if anything, they're saying he, he took over the job when he shouldn't have done. It wasn't that he has done a bad job in any respect. And just to show how far we've come in a year, they were one point behind us at this time last year. Now how far are they behind us? Have a look. Go on. What's that number? 30. 30 points behind us. It is a mental way of thinking about it. We struggled so much to get out of the the division with these teams in it. And remember going to, why do I think they play at somewhere called Throstle Nest is Farnsley, isn't it? The Hawthorns. They are the Throstles though, aren't they? West Brom. Are they? They have a Throstle. <laughs> I've, not, I've not heard the word throstle yeah. said before. I don't the, think. The no, more, now I'm hearing it all the time. The more you say it, the more wrong it sounds as a word. It's as either well. a throstle or a thrush. Throstle. 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 Um, anyway, we went there and got beaten 4 1, didn't we? And uh, the whole thing with all Bielsa's football will be falling apart and we'll never be able to compete with this Slavon Bilic powerhouse. And I think um, a lot of what's happened since maybe has something to do with the. One of the strengths we forget Leeds has sometimes, which is everybody seems to be aligned and working quite well together. Whereas this place where Luke Dowling, who was here under Cellino for a bit, and Billich, and they're all moaning about who wants to sign who. And the big thing is just exactly how many millions should we pay for Carl and Grant from Huddersfield? And um, meanwhile, we're just pissed. We're just off signing Rodrigo from Valencia while that seems to have been the storm that has completely broken over Thrushland. <laughs> Well, it is it is a throstle on the badge, and which is an old fashioned term for a song thrush. Yes, which is why I imagine you use it. And it's perched on a hawthorn branch, and they play at the thrushle thorn. <laughs> yes, correct. Haw hawthrush. Uh, <laughs> that sounds yeah awful. Yes, um, let's look at the internet charlatans who scored.com and what they have to say about West Bromwich Albion. Should we do strengths or weaknesses first? <laughs> They've got a touch of the Bailey Peacock Farrells about them there, haven't they? I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll cover strengths. Well, I will save it for after weaknesses because I think it's important that we deal with the areas where we can exploit them. Let's approach this from a Leeds United point of view. Should we start with the very weaks or the weeks? I was going to say the areas where we can exploit them seem to be the pitch. Yeah, so they are weak at avoiding offside, finishing scoring chances, defending set pieces, avoiding fouling in dangerous areas and protecting the lead. That's just their weeks. What about their that, very, very that weeks? That would seem to be enough. Surely what? there's nowhere, there's nothing else on this list. What about their very weeks? They can't keep possession. They can't defend down the wings. They can't defend against long shots and they can't defend against skillful players. So they have one or two areas where we could probably get at them with what we do, but where can they get at us? That's the question. Uh, I'm just looking there at that hand. is one, two, three, four, five, nine things were listed there and their weaknesses. What about their strengths? Hmm. Yep. That's, that, that have you done it? it? Have you done it? Yeah, that's yep. it done. That's it done. We can talk about their style of play, which will be a massive, massive shock to everyone listening. The top of the list 
Long balls. Ah. Attempt crosses often. Attack down the right. Play with width. Take long shots. Take lots of shots. But they don't score many goals, do they? So they just constantly shoot wide. They've got a consistent first 11, which is nice for them. And they play in their own half, which is because they can't get out of it. So they just bang it out, don't they? Bang it long, bang it forward, get it out wide, twat it. Yeah, they're not very good. I think one of my favourite stories about West Brom's demise this season is when Ainsley Maitland-Niles has gone there on loan from Arsenal. And uh, apparently some point in, in March, he's about 22, 23, he's a young player out on loan for experience. I think at a some sort of team meeting or in the, the hotel when they were all having dinner, he basically stood up and read the riot act to the rest of the squad, basically said, I came here from Arsenal to have a good time and you're all <laughs> spoiling it. No, that he's like, he, he, he didn't come here to just fucking get relegated and they are all shit and they need to get the fucking act together and start trying to get out of it. And apparently that's one of the big things because West Brom did have that, that brief little improvement where people went, oh, Sam might be he might be about to get them out of this. Instead, it's a fucking 22-year-old who's come on loan for a couple of weeks who doesn't really care. Is actually the one who's gone in and said, are we actually going to try and not get relegated or are we just happy with this? It's, um, <laughs> this one's going to look bad on my CV, lads. Come yeah, on. Yeah, I think that's it. I mean, you don't, nobody of, of that kind of level, if you're planning to play the rest of your career at Arsenal and you want to be in the Champions League, whatever, you don't want relegation from with West Brom, with Sam Allardyce on your record. It's an absolute, it's a, it's a stain. And it is strange looking through like Conor Gallagher from Chelsea should be good but I don't know if he's the new Lewis Baker or something Pierre is good who? Pereira him and uh, he is good should we have him? well Sam John th- what what I've noticed from West Brom is Sam Johnston makes loads of decent saves Pereira occasionally scores a decent goal other than that yeah poor old Carl Bartley as well to think we once thought he was the future should we buy him Pereira? probably be available won't he? he's not going to want to swim around in the championship with these losers I mean, if he's if he's cheap enough. I mean, can we accommodate him given we've already signed four attacking players there in the previous section? Mm, yeah. <laughs> Just have all of them. Yeah. Okay. Can, you never have too many footballers, can you, as uh, as the David O'Leary uh, squad proved. And they can't be too expensive. Exactly. Uh, result on this one then, what's your prediction? When? Should be. If, we, if we're taking it seriously and we're not completely throwing in the kids and putting Eddie Gray in charge for the day as a, like a little end-of-season treat for everyone, we should win this because they're shit. Pick your starting eleven. bearing in mind we know that Kiko's going to be in there. I think Berardi will be in. I think Cooper will be in still because he'll be trying to get fit for Scotland probably because he's not played for a bit. Alioski will play because it's going to be his final game. Right back, Ailing Probably it's going to be, isn't it? I like to think Pablo will play. Do you think he will? Strauk, deep line midfielder? Yeah, probably. And then in front of him in midfield, but we have been Pablo and Shrev Rodrigo. Yeah, he'll be trying to get in the Spain squad still. And then obviously Bamford plays up front. What about the two wide players? I mean, Rafa's going to play, isn't he? Let Pervade have a run. You think? Yeah. Hmm. I think we'll stick with our traditional and two. They're all bringing think- in uh, board games. <laughs> and the final for the final day of term. Yeah. So roughly, I mean, I've gone for Rafinha and Jackie out wide. So we're going at Kiko in net, back four of Ailing, Berardi, Cooper, Alioski, Strauch in midfield. With Rafinha, Pablo, Rodrigo, and Jackie in front of uh, in front of him, with Bamford up front, are we all fine with that? Yeah, that'll win actually, won't it? Should be enough, shouldn't it? Predict a score bigger than five nil, one nil leads. It'll be a big Sam will do a great job and and just get a narrow defeat. Eight eight nil. We'll get an early goal. We'll get demoralised. Um, Maitland Niles will just get in his car like halfway through the first half, just drive south. 
the start uh, of the season, Moskowski predicted Pat Bamford would get 38 goals this year. How many does he need to get in this game? Um, I mean, there's still a chance. He had his eye on 20 not so long ago, and he can definitely get four. So that's the target. And then let's see Gareth Southgate leave him out. And then let's see Spurs not sign him to replace Harry Kane when um, Marcelo Bielsa makes him his first signing. <laughs> Enjoy the final game of the season. <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. End of the season is just about upon us and it means we will be bidding farewell to some players. And do you know what happens when they leave a club? Not only do they need to negotiate contracts of employment with like new clubs, might need to move house as well. You heard about that? What, the concept of moving house? Yep. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think I know you about been, it. Yeah. Giving it a try? Yeah, I've done it a couple of times. Can you remember what you had to do when you moved house? Move, put loads of stuff in boxes yeah. and also get a, um, a van. A van and a solicitor. Oh, goodness me. Well, this comes as a shock. Do you know you can get a solicitor that will look after the contract aspect of your job and do your conveyancing? Do you want what's even better, Moscow? I mean, I don't even know what conveyancing is, so that's how far out of the depth I am. But the good bit is 10% off, isn't it? Imagine if you could do all that with one company and get a 10% discount on your fees. You go, oh, it's that much money. Oh, hang on a minute. I can knock 10% off there. Do you know how you can do that? I'd be delighted to find out. Shall I tell you? Yes, please. There's a company called Levi Solicitors. And they will give you 10% off your legal fees. Do you know where you need to go? The square... Almost. No. You're nearly there. Levi, Levi, yep. Levi's.co.uk. No. Nearly. No. That's a jeans company. Go on. I actually don't know the address. <laughs> it's levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Honestly, the people I've got to work with here. <laughs> I knew it. I just didn't want to embarrass him. Heroes and villains now on the square ball podcast. The good and the bad from the last seven days. First things first, we pick a Ken Bates villain of the week. Uh, we've got a number of nominations that came in from our TSB Plus subscribers on the feedback form, a number from Burnley, uh, a number of general ones, and some from Southampton as well. Lots to get through, so let's uh, rattle through these as quickly as possible. So thank you if you did get in touch. We'll um, we'll read as many as we can. Rory summed it up quite nicely for Burnley. Awful bunch of nasty, ugly swamp pigs. <laughs> also specifying that 
Charlie Taylor got right on his tits and that prick Westwood. Fuck them all to hell. Charlie Taylor's problem was not entering into the spirit of things. At least Bailey Peacock Farrell had the good grace to be shit. He actually uh, swanned around being quite good, didn't he? And uh, almost tempting us into having him back. Although, could we get the whole gang back together? Little Sam, Lewis Cook, Moet out of contract, get Charlie. I think Sam and Lewis are in bits, aren't they? Maybe we could. uh, Well, we didn't have Rob Price when they were here last time. Maybe he can put them back together again and uh, send us out there with them. Sambai Cookroom. Okay. Uh, there's plenty of abuse and swear words gone in the direction of Burnley and their various footballers. I mean, like Rich is fuck off back to the championship. Sarah, that's not Sarah Rand, but Sarah calling them bastards. Brent uses the term scumbag, referring to the one who lunged in on, uh, on Rafinha. Tom asking what's the point of them. Uh, Martin goes for a forfer. Um, Burnley's back four. Yeah, I mean, Charlie Taylor, he's the one who gets the most criticism out of that that back four and Anthony summed it up quite nicely never forget he wanted to play for Burnley wanted to play for Burnley it was nailed there Tom what's the point of them just lower mid table every season Deitch in his horrible catalogue tie just none of it there's just no fucking point summed it up when they got into Europe and played Aberdeen just fuck off there's no <laughs> point in that they wasted it the whole opportunity Patcher, Ryan Daniel Aaron and Stephen all singled out a number of players, Westwood, McNeil, Tarkovsky, all picked out for a, a variety of things. Deitch himself picked out by uh, a number of people, Rachel, Aidan, Paul, Kit and Tom. I don't oh. imagine he'll be happy to hear that. Well, he's going to be disappointed. I'm fucking furious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rachel picking him out for, for growling something about the kid making a couple of good saves. He's no child. He's more of a man than you'll ever be. Is he talking about Bailey Peacock Farrell there? No, I think he's talking about... I think the clue is Elan. in... They made it, you, yeah, you, you remember... You did clearly weren't listening to the bit about him making saves. Well, that's what I meant. It just didn't ring true. It didn't no. ring true at all. And Lucy Ward, who we're not, we're not going to give in any way either a nomination or this award to, but Dom did pick out the fact that she called Charlie Taylor a young defender. But when she's been in charge of her boys and all that at the academy, they're all going to be young lads, aren't they? Like, we, we imagine some certain players never to age. It's like with family members and stuff, and you've got like younger cousins or whatever, you just imagine they're constantly six, don't you? Yeah. And then you you realise they're getting married and stuff and you think, oh, okay. I suppose that's all right now you're 27. The six-year-olds getting married has reminded me one of my favourite things recently that we've not spoken about, Jackie Harrison doing one of those Zoom calls with a school and he was talking to them, I think it was like a seven-year-old girl, asking him about how you de- how, how have you dealt with uh, stress during lockdown? Have you, have you felt any stress? And he, he gave the perfect textbook answers you know you know even though i'm a premier league footballer heroin children it was heroin that got me through took <laughs> the said, edge off he said I, I i feel stressed sometimes too that's perfectly acceptable and if you feel that way then maybe you should try you could talk about it to your friends maybe your partner and there was this like this flicker <laughs> in his eyes where he, he realized yeah you, you probably that's not right is it your family but it's just beautiful little comedy moment from Jackie just forgetting who he was speaking to <laughs> yeah just speak to your partner about the problems you're having at work maybe that could be getting you down on to uh, non-Burnley matters uh, Bielsa controversially nominated for selecting Kiko and Kiko himself well we're not aware of any wrongdoings by Kiko himself um, yes we are there was a whole FA charge no, 68 meant, page report I meant this week oh okay just this week and it is this week's award and again Bielsa is, is not going to have this I mean Paul's having a go at Bielsa for not bringing on Pablo so let's let's get to the end of the season before we start casting aspersions over the great man who's done what I would term to be a pretty reasonable job this season 
He's been fine, hasn't he, overall? He's been, he's, Bielsa. Yeah, Bielsa's yeah. been fine for Leeds United, as has Pablo, I suppose. So that's why he, I guess he deserves some respect. And the goalkeeper selection question has been consistently good all season. But it's been, uh, it's been fine up to now. And uh, I think it's fairly clear now that um, we bring Kassir in for the games when we don't need to be able to trust the goalkeeper to be any good. Yeah. And if he is, if he, does, if he gets through it without making any mistakes, all the better. But um, when the pressure's off and it doesn't matter, out he comes. The Southampton fans were picked out by a number of people as well. Adsham, Lee, James, Dom and Tom. Adsham made me laugh by uh, saying this one. Southampton fans, an option of Sky Sports crowds would have been handy. More atmosphere in outer space. Who took a drum into the stands, asks Lee. I didn't hear a drum. Did you hear a drum? I didn't hear. I don't think I did, but they seem like they might have one, to be honest. It's that kind of thing where they might have a dedicated singing section at oh, some yeah. point and try and get a something going I just just accept you're not very good one of the things that's really grated on me is Spurs having goal music inside an empty stadium the plane is it Darude Sandstorm the plane when a goal goes in which is beautifully dated and probably what that represents Spurs last trophy around that time doesn't it come to think of it some kind of psychological warfare against their own players you have to listen <laughs> to that every time they score maybe that's why they've had a, a bad old time <laughs> <laughs> playing this season like Guant- Guantanamo Bay style just, torture they just rather get through to the end of the game with a, in a bit of peace because well, you, you don't need somebody just banging sandstorm out of nowhere <laughs> for no reason through a a, a stadium sized public address system cutting through is alright if there's a crowd there but just coming out of silence straight into that would do your head in of course they're going to put the ball wide I mean Harry Kane has been there for a decade not winning anything and it's only this now he's just gone Fuck this. A season of just unfiltered sandstorm has done him in. <laughs> I hope that's the thing that's tipped him over the edge. Record goal scorer, and this is the thanks I get. <laughs> Jesus, beautiful poor bloke. Uh, VAR's been picked out by Jimbo, Tom, Dom, Philip, Harry, amongst others. Is there anybody at Stockley Park, asks Philip, uh, even for the Leeds games? Have they just got, you know, it's on a standby, maybe that monitor? Is there any chance we could see some some live footage or would it just cut to an empty chair, a half-finished cup of tea, some biscuit crumbs on the desk? Scarves for other clubs strewn around as well. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. It's not a good week, probably, hasn't VAR. I, I, mean, I mean, it was a meaningless game, essentially, and we won it anyway. So so what? What, what do you think of the Chelsea one? You know, where Werner put his foot in front of the, uh, the Leicester defender and he kicked his leg and he went over. Penalty or not penalty? I thought penalty. This is it. I just don't care. Tired of the whole thing. <laughs> and ruining the FA Cup final the way it did, also making it excellent, I acknowledge, was a very audacious move on on Vars' part. It's going to be used in the Euros, isn't it? Probably. It will be, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if it can survive this kind of profile because it's all very well not giving Pat Bamford a penalty in Southampton in front of nobody. I know there were 8,000 people there, but they were all nobodies. And I'm sure that some of them were nice. I feel terrible saying that. But yeah, putting it on the world stage to that that degree, the FA Cup final, the match watched around the world. And, um, and it'll give the commentators an excuse to talk endlessly about Lampard's one against Germany that went over the line. Even though it's goal line technology and not VAR, they'll lump it all in together. And on the decision, Andy Pugh is throwing Patrick Bamford in there as well for being a complete twat by not, <laughs> for not falling over and winning a penalty like any self-respecting, deceitful modern footballer should. To honest, Patrick, we want deceit and cheating in- like... Gineppo, James, rolling Gineppo, as he refers to him as, which was the, it was the Jackie Harrison challenge in the first half, wasn't it? Which was a, it was slightly mistimed, but Jackie was putting in a couple of big challenges yesterday, wasn't it? I don't know if he's getting just angry at not having the ball past him. He thinks he's 
trying to remodel himself as a as a holding midfielder. I hope that when Gineppo got home, Pinocchio was <laughs> fucking furious with him for uh, the I was, display uh, he put on. I was waiting to see who'd make that joke because we discussed it yesterday, didn't we? We said every time I hear Gineppo, I think Geppetto. It just confuses my uh, my limited brain. Tyler and Click again. If we're lashing out at our own players, feels a bit mean, but um, didn't pass the Jackie, did they? Either of them. Moscow, you're going to defend Tyler Roberts here. He scored a goal. Click scored a goal. They both scored goals. What more does uh, Jackie want? It's a team game, and um, Tyler and Click got their goals and left Jackie out of it. Jackie's got enough this season, hasn't he? He has, and I mean, Tyler, Tyler needs Tyler, it. He had nothing, and Click as well had been desperate to score. So, I mean, Click is maybe the the greater villain of the piece because it was nil nil at that time. So. You do want to be sure, but then he was shooting past Bailey Peacock Farrell, so you could be pretty sure. Whereas Tyler Roberts, fifth minute stoppage time, we're already winning. You know, have four tries if you need them just to score without passing, whatever it takes. Have your moment, get the ball in the net. It's fine. Jackie's a nice guy. He'll get over it. Vestergaard was picked out by Paul, actually, suggesting that he looks like Jaws from James Bond. If that's not a villain, then I give in, he says. I think it was him that Rafinha just bounced off at one point. He tried to go around him and he, he just stood still and Rafinha oh, had no option. But That's he when he laughed, wasn't it? Just clatter into him like a brick wall. He laughed at that point. I remember that was the moment that he smiled because I thought, oh, bloody hell, he's smiling. This is less a nomination for behaviour. It's more just a, um, a request to keep an eye on him. Something not right about that guy. Something not right about this as well. Crawley Town, they've been nominated for villains because they've released uh, young starlet Mark Wright, who played that game versus us, which was on the telly, you'll remember. Do you remember that? The FA Cup, Crawley Town? Ah, nah, don't remember that. Did we win? Probably did, didn't we? No, it was annoying at the time because they were pretending it was, oh, we're giving him a try and not just for some fly-on-the-wall piece of shit they were making. But instead he, he came on and did he touch the ball? I'm not sure. He then played another half game and was taken over half-time for being shit. Did that programme ever come out? Yeah, it was on iPlayer. Was it, yeah. oh, is it, was, it, was, it, was it a BBC Three type thing? It, it may well have been. Yeah. And just tying back in again to um, Geppetto and all the other um, people there on strings. With long wooden noses. Very good. Gravity was picked out by Darren Pete. And uh, is it Patrick Bamford who's been in touch? Or was it a nomination for Patrick Bamford? It, he, was, he put his name as Patrick Bamford on the form. Whether or not it's actually him. Maybe he's picking up the uh, podcasting tips. Don't make us have to start putting some kind of ID check on this. <laughs> anyway, because he's, he's he's down on the Southampton groundsman for uh, for doing something with the grass in the box. Because, you know, Southampton players went down every time anyone breathed on them. They mm. did have a number of people doing this. I mean, we've already picked on Geppetto, but um, Teller was doing it and Walker Peters did it a couple of times as well. So they were, they were all having a bit of a go. And I've just been reading, I think in Leeds Live, about how at full time Leeds caught their plane back from Southampton at 9.30. They were off very quickly after the game. And to get to their designated COVID-secure exit, it was on the opposite side of the stadium from where they got changed. So they all started walking across the pitch. And one of these ground staff that uh, Patrick Bamford has... Um, I thought I was... I'd forgot it was him. I was like, our listener. No, that uh, somebody pretending to be Patrick Bamford has nominated. Well, the ground staff told them to... You have to walk round, lads. You can't go across the pitch. And it was Luke Ayling leading the charge, who said, we've just been playing on it for 90 minutes. What are you talking about? So the, the ground staff are, are putting themselves forward as um, proper villains because you, you can't really tell footballers to get off the pitch. Disgusting behaviour. And he wouldn't have been saying that to the Southampton fans, would he? Fans, players, or fans, or anybody. Well, that's the other thing. Is apparently then the uh, some of the ground staff and stewards came out and had a game on it. 
Is that true? Yeah, they had a kickabout with some beers afterwards, which sounds perfectly acceptable if it's the end of the... It's the last game of the season. Yeah, they're so not they're even going to protect the pitch, Exactly, they? so they're going to have a kickabout, but this absolute maniac has been running around trying to keep our players off their precious Southampton turf that's probably at the end of the season going to be rolled up and thrown in the sea anyway, because... Uh, are they our villains then? I think so. That's, that's ridiculously petty, isn't it? That's that's caused yeah I, I'm I really get annoyed by petty stuff and that's actually genuinely got my back up. <laughs> you there. wait all season so you can and actually it's not all season that they've had to wait to get fans in because they're one of the uh, the crew down south. Everyone was allowed to do what they fucking wanted while we were in tier twenty five up here. Um, but they had two thousand in at Christmas and then when they get another chance to get eight thousand in, all this fucking oh, you can't go over there, you can't do that. It's not even our our players didn't even want to be there. That's why half of them gone on holiday. Good. Yeah, you and your slippery grass then. Except that little patch that got itself stuck under Bamford's foot. And it would be nice to um to give it to somebody else's ground staff given the the way hours have turned their season around after a, a, a period of poor form in winter. I felt they uh I felt they were struggling, but they turned it round, really finished the season strongly, whereas these guys just absolute maniacs from uh, beginning to end. The Andy Hughes Hero of the Week award now then. The lads is one of the overriding uh nominations, an assortment of League United first team names, Rory, Jim and Aidan, that's not the first team names, they're the nomination, the nominees, sorry. They are new signings, we wanted Rodrigo and everybody else. <laughs> Welcome to the summer the window. Rodrigo. Rory, Jim and Aidan. <laughs> that, that sounds like three players that Burnley would sign actually, isn't it? No, they're Bournemouth players. Rory's suggesting Rodrigo. Imagine a Rory playing for Sean Dyche. I wonder what he would shout at him in training. Uh, Rory, off the back of the Burnley game, actually nominated. Don't let R- me down. Rodrigo, Melier, Haradona. Just, just make, let, make Michael shout Rory. Really. Rory! Right. He'd nickname him the Lion, wouldn't he? But yeah, Rodrigo got some, gets a mention click. So um, Alioski singled out in particular as well for that moment. Mm, wait for the facts. It's probably fine, but let's wait. Hey, Bailey Peacock Farrell, we've seen what the facts are there. Shipped a lot of goals, didn't he? Bless him. And looked utterly nonplussed by it. Yeah, he was great. He was just as good as I remember him being. Uh, yeah, Rodrigo was picked out in particular for his, his brace against Burnley. Uh, Bielsa balancing the universe out because he got his nomination in the other half. He's uh, he's getting a hero nomination now. Kicker Rachel and Baps been in touch. Some praise for his beanie from uh, Rachel, and it was nice to see him in a t-shirt at Southampton as well. He looked quite uh, relaxed in some ways, and there was this the um, the clip being going around the official Twitter account used it this morning. We give him double thumbs up to somebody. He's turning into Paul McCartney as the season goes on. Again, talking about balancing the scales, Lucy Ward gets a nomination from Dom for being the only pundit to recognise our shift in formation versus Burnley and understanding it properly. Um, Jermaine Beckford and Matthew Lewis, who are on with, with Podcast Pat on the on the officious podcast. Yes, they're on the Pat Bamford show, aren't they? And they called him out for him saying the word United when referring to the scum, which obviously Moscow, you're not bothered about that, but well, I would also like to recognise Pete's nomination of me for rising above this um, constant baiting about uh, scum that is baseless, tiresome, and baseless. <laughs> <laughs> uh, other nominations then for Podcast Pat, not just for his podcasting abilities, but for his hard work. His honesty but, is what yeah, he's mainly yeah. been, been nominated for, uh, and his, his tireless running. I noticed on Match Today, I think it was Ashley Williams was just pointing out how much he bloody runs just saying look at this though doesn't always score but look what he does do this endlessly chase a fullback chase a centre back yeah he's good and the nobility of staying on one's feet when it should have been a penalty Roberts 
also gets nominations by uh, this is Daniel Chapman, I think, and uh, Moscow White have all been in touch, uh, among others. No, it's uh, it's Adsham, Mark, Philip, all saying um, Tyro deserves a nomination for actually scoring a goal. And he'll get three more against West Brom, and then he'll get four more for Wales, and they're going to win the Euros. By sheer volume of number, Berardi gets lots of nominations for his comeback and gracing the field. Once again, getting his Premier League appearance under his belt. Like we said, it feels like it completes the circle somewhat, doesn't it, for Berardi? He can now add Premier League footballer alongside most beautiful baby Switzerland 19, 1988, <laughs> which I'm assuming he won. Thank you to Gav for that one. Oh, for Christ's sake, Normanton's got a nomination as well. Why are you um, getting a nomination? Brent wanted to nominate me for my relentless retweeting of fans who doubted us um, and... It's just the fact they're being trolled by a man who bets on the opposition to win and thought Fulham could catch us quite recently. And that is perfectly fair. But I'm allowed to say those things because I, I love us deep down. And I, I don't think I actually did say we'd go down the season, did I? I think, no. I think I predicted like 14th or something at the start of the season. So wild optimism from me. Alex McCarthy for hitting his saves limit of the season immediately before Robert shot. That's from uh, from Andrew. He does often gift us something in a game, does Alex McCarthy, doesn't he? It was a very Bailey peacock Farrell approach to that shot, wasn't it? It was. Uh, I just watched it. I'll have a look at it. Oh, oh no! It, it's all the way over there, is it? <laughs> not not getting that. It was a little bit like it was a, actually a less excusable version of Bailey Peacock Farrell watching Jackie's going against Burnley, wasn't it? Where he sort of went, ah, oh, oh. offside. <laughs> Do I have to really try for that one? It didn't make any difference, did it? Maybe he was um, just trying to help Tyler out. Uh, Darren wants to nominate Roy Hodgson. Feels like an outside bet for me for having the grace to retire. Um, and and for guiding Crystal Palace to a victory over Villa, which did guarantee our top half finish. He did also guide Crystal Palace to a victory over Leeds, which was quite annoying. Four-one mm. as well. He had no right to do that, mind you. His retirement does mean that there's the potential for employing, let's say, another manager of lesser abilities who might get them relegated next year. Can't think of any candidates, etc. Do you think Frank Lampard has been to Croydon? Do you think he knows what it like? What it's like? Well, Croydon is somewhere that you you pass. You know, you see it on a road sign when you go around the M25, isn't it? It's not somewhere he's ever, he's ever going to lower himself to go to Croydon. And I know it's because I think Croydon has, has it got the box park? It's like quite a trendy There are a number place. of box parks around. Right. Yeah, there is one in Croydon, I believe, yeah. Selhurst Park, when we've seen it on the coverage this season, seems to be the one stadium that's kind of taken the box park aesthetic into a football ground. There's lots of big blocky graphics and it's all looking quite urban and cool. And then you stick fucking Frank Lampard in there. It's just, it, it doesn't feel like a fit. And that's why it will be hilarious for him to go there and um, sign the contract and realise that all the promises about his transfer budget were lies. And all he's got is the youth team. He's got a bunch of 15-year-olds from Croydon who he cannot comprehend in any way whatsoever. And so he'll have to get Jody Morris in again to do all the work such as it is while he goes and cries to his mates in the uh, the media trying to get himself a better job within weeks. Eze's got a, a bad Achilles Kisnobo injury as well, hasn't he now? So he's going to miss the start of next season. So that'll be Matt Law's excuse for him. Ready-made. <laughs> so if only he'd had the best players available. Bad luck with injuries. That might be the reason Frank Lampard won't take it. I can picture him going in there and they'll be phoning up saying, right, so we all agreed. We've announced that Hodgson's going. End of the season, you want to, we'll make it public that you're going to be our new manager. He's a, Oh, well, no, now you're good players injured. I don't know what I'll be able to do in there. Chelsea, I've done some analysis on your squad and I think one of your players has got an injury. Yeah, did you read that in the paper? Yeah, I did me analysis on it. <laughs> and Chelsea have said they won't give me all their players anymore like they did at Derby. Well, he'll try and drop 40 million on Tammy Abraham, won't he? 
without a doubt. All the transfer budget yeah. gone. Uh, by volume alone, Berardi should be Hero of the Week, but who is it for you? Probably Berardi. Yeah, I'd give it to Berardi. It was an absolute pleasure. And it's a, a measure of kind of him and the way he played. So there's nothing really to say about his performance in the second half of Southampton. He just came on in the Premier League and played as if that's where he's been playing all of his career, which, you know, when he turned up in 2016, certainly did not look to be on the cards. And um, yeah, even Strolled uh, through it. Even without the knee injury, you would say he'd absolutely deserve to be a Premier League footballer, but that just makes it that little bit more, yeah. And let's face it, he's not having it next week because Pablo's having it for his goodbye goal. It's only right. I think it'd be fitting to do it against West Brom as well. One of his most famous Leeds goals, just just replicate it. They should all stand aside, really, like a testimonial and just let him score after 17 seconds again or whatever it was. If Southampton can do that for Tyler Roberts, then uh, West <laughs> Brom can do it for Pablo Hernandez. Well, we look forward to it. He's your uh, your hero of the week. We'll be back with another weekly show uh, in a week or thereabouts when the season is over. And just a reminder, we are taking a break for a week after that, but we will remind you of that when we get closer to the time. In the meantime, have a look at TSB Plus, our sub package at thesquareball.net forward slash plus, and we'll catch you soon. The Square Ball Podcast. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.